This is a podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. Voice over on Finder, desktop, empty desktop. Technology is increasingly a significant part of our daily lives, from helping us to stay in touch with friends and family to allowing us to shop for just about anything online. But with connectivity comes the chance of crime. The gadgets and devices we bring into our homes can also provide a back door for those who are criminally minded and technologically savvy. Even children's toys can be vulnerable to hackers. To learn more about this year's most hackable gifts and how we can protect ourselves, I spoke to Raj Samani, Chief Technology Officer with Intel Security. Raj started off by talking about some recent risks. You know, we, we've already seen in the last two days, you know, reports of companies that provide toys to children being hacked and, you know, data being stolen. I mean, just this morning we read about a doll that was Wi-Fi enabled, which is, you know, easily hacked, but it's actually capturing information that your children are, you know, interacting with the doll with. So, you know, the number of internet enabled devices that we have in our own home is increasing. That must be a real concern for parents, something like that, an innocent toy that has been used maliciously. Well, an innocent toy, which is Wi-Fi enabled, which has a microphone recording communications and discussions it has with your children. But when we buy these toys, we don't often look at, well, OK, what is it actually doing? And, you know, how is it storing the data? We just look at the toy and the kid screaming, saying that I want it. So it is a concern. And I think, you know, it's something that we need to ask ourselves when we're buying these gifts for children or for friends, which is rather than just buying the device, well, okay, what's the device doing or how is it interacting with, you know, with the person that's got the present? So what would be the most hackable gifts? What kind of things are we looking at in terms of this Christmas? Well, remarkably, the number of devices that are internet enabled are, I mean, it's it's enormous now. In the past, we'd have maybe one computer sitting in the corner, which would connect to the internet maybe once or twice a day. Now we've got maybe 30, 40 devices in our own home from, you know, refrigerators to even cars. But, you know, if we look at, I guess, the types of devices that we're going to be buying over Christmas, the traditional technology like laptops, tablets and smartphones will still apply. But now what we what we anticipate this year is, you know, the emerging tech, which is, you know, fitness activity trackers, smartwatches, cameras and even drones. All of these types of devices have security and privacy considerations that we need to be aware of. There's going to be a lot of information and data that people will be able to access if they do hack into these things. But what about control? Say something like a drone. Could that actually be controlled by someone else? It's not entirely. It's possible, um, but it's not entirely likely. So the example I'll give you is, you know, if we look at, say, for example, smartwatches, you know, these devices themselves don't have a great deal of data. But in fact, what they're doing is they're interacting and communicating with your phone. And in most cases, it's a Bluetooth connection. And if we look at the passwords that they use for the Bluetooth connectivity between the phone and the watch, you know, these devices, they're using Bluetooth passwords like 0000 or 1234. So if we're looking at those types of, I guess, those, those smaller types of devices themselves, they don't necessarily store a lot of data. But first of all, they are a conduit to access your smartphone, which, of course, has a great deal of data. And the other thing we should probably be concerned with is not just, I guess, the security issues, but also the privacy issues as well. You know, these smartwatches or even these sort of fitness activity trackers are collecting data about, I guess, your physical being, your location, 
potentially some of them even have your stored credit card details within them and that's being stored somewhere well we don't know where you know and th these are the questions we need to start asking ourselves which is you know if i buy this particular device what data are you collecting where are you storing the data how are you protecting that data if something happens to that data will you tell me about it what would be the most popular type of information that hackers would be targeting would it be perhaps card information or financial details we actually finished a paper called The Hidden Data Economy in which we looked at what happens after data is stolen. And, and, and certainly payment card information is, I, I guess, the most sellable in terms of, you know, they will target that information and then they will look to resell that on. But actually, you know, dependent upon the type of data they get, generally criminals find a market for any type of data. So, you know, for example, in the report, we found, you know, wholesale identities being sold of individuals based all across the world or, you know, credit card information or credit card information with PIN numbers or credit cards with high balances and so forth. But generally speaking, the most traded would be that stuff where they can actually make direct money from. So certainly card information is the most targeted. Something that you've already kind of touched upon, Raj, but um, devices that have cameras or microphones, they can also be used in, in quite a sinister way. We've seen some cases of extortion and blackmail recently. We have indeed. And, you know, not only that, we've seen the concept whereby, you know, on, on, on let's say, sort of laptop devices, they're looking to take over the webcam and then they will take photos of people and, and, and try to extort people. I mean, this year has been quite... I, I guess quite aggressive in terms of how criminals have kind of operated because in the past we kind of saw the intent was to stay hidden as long as possible and we still see those attacks but this year we've seen a rise in extortion demands so whether it's extorting small businesses or whether it's actually extorting you because they've encrypted your data through this concept called ransomware but they're certainly you know becoming more confrontational this year than we've ever seen before. And in terms of social media, uh, many of us will use Twitter or Facebook. Are they safe from hackers? I, I don't believe there's been any specific issues associated with those companies directly. But certainly, you know, there has been cases whereby criminals have been trying to extract our passwords to these social media um, sites. In fact, we've actually seen examples whereby criminals have been stealing the credentials that we use to log into these sites and then selling those on as well. So that's the challenge that we face is, you know, I, I don't want to create a sense of fear amongst people because, you know, I love tech devices just like anybody else. In fact, probably more so than most people, quite sadly. But it is a case of, you know, when you're buying these devices for friends, for family, for, you know, for your children, rather than just giving them the sort of shrink wrapped box and saying, there you go actually you know taking it out of the box maybe installing the right security software on there enabling parental controls where you can and actually you know on christmas morning when they when they switch on the device the device is good to go i'm with you raj i think technology is great and it offers a lot of options in our lives and is very positive but there is this downside there is a risk so what can we do to lower that risk and protect ourselves to protect yourself it really does depend upon the type of device you're buying and who you're buying it for you know, if I'm buying for my children, then naturally, you know, enabling parental controls, you know, reducing, I guess, my children's ability to be able to interact with people that we don't know is key and is, is really, really important. If we're going to be buying, for example, smartphones for people, then, you know, maybe what we should do is rather than relying upon a pin, which is four digits, maybe we should look at using other forms of security like facial recognition to allow me onto the phone. And that sounds really, you know, very James Bond. 
But actually, when you think about it, the phone that you have in your pocket allows you to access social media. It allows you to, you know, in some cases, even open the front door to your house. Well, do you really want to rely upon four digits just to do that? So it does depend on the type of device that you're buying. But I think the key point here is, is that when you're doing your research, when you're looking to buy based upon price, just spend a little bit of time saying, well, okay, you know, what's the device I'm buying? Is it safe to use? What data does it collect? And what levels of controls do I need to have in addition to what's already provided? Raj, where could anyone listening learn more and maybe get some advice? So intelsecurity.com is our website, so they can go to that particular website. In addition to that, we've also got a blog post which is called Introducing the Most Hackable Gifts of the Holiday Season, which provides more specific advice as well. Raj Samani, thanks for some great advice today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this podcast from RNIB's Insight Radio. For more podcasts, check out insightradio.co.uk.